Welcome to the sag After Foundation's Conversations podcast. The sag After Foundation believes that contributions made to our culture by performing arts are not only valuable, but also essential. And so we provide free programming and services like this podcast to support them. If you'd like to learn more about the sag After Foundation or access the full library of our conversations or make a donation to support this podcast, please visit sagaftra.foundation. That's www.sagaftra.foundation. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SagAfterFound. Thanks, and enjoy the conversation. Good evening, everyone. Um, as the nice lady told you, my name is Janelle Riley, and it is such a pleasure to welcome today's guest. Uh, this is an actor who has been showing his range in everything from The Good Girl to Brokeback Mountain to Nightcrawler. Ever the overachiever, he is actually on screen in two amazing movies this year, playing three very uh, riveting roles. You can do the math on that if you've seen Nocturnal Animals. Um, please welcome Jake Gyllenhaal. so much for being here. Congratulations. You've been on just like this crazy streak lately, but this year in particular, Demolition and Nocturnal Animals are two oh, wildly man. different and, and really fantastic movies. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> uh, so going back to the beginning, I'm curious, what was your first job in the business? Do you remember? I mean, because I know you started when you were really young. Acting job? Yeah. Um, the first thing I did was I was in City Slickers. Um, I was 11 and I played Billy Crystal's son in City Slickers and I worked with Bruno Kirby and Billy Crystal and uh, a cow. <laughs> That's a right, calf, yes. a calf, I should say, yeah, a calf. You played Billy Crystal's son? Yep. Right. Um, and what was that? I mean, do you even remember auditioning for that? Yes. I remember um, uh, putting myself on tape and then I, I remember getting a call back and going to Montana where they were shooting and meeting Ron Underwood, the director, when I was 11. And um, being super nervous, being with my dad, but remembering Montana being really beautiful. And that's all I remember. <laughs> oh, I got it, I remember, <laughs> I remember getting a little, one of those bolo ties or whatever, yes. yeah, with my dad. I had like a, a super ugly turquoise one with, uh, that was like, yeah, that I loved, so. Have you run into your on-screen father, Billy Crystal, lately? Uh, I did at an event, uh, I do every once in a while, but I ran into him uh, at this Hillary Clinton event and for like Broadway did a thing for... Oh yes, that was amazing! Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and he always tends to mention that I was his son. So that's, <laughs> uh, that's his... And he wrote me, I remember he, he signed a poster for me and the poster was like, thank you for allowing me to be in your first movie when I was 11. Which was really so cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, yeah, it was sort of a joke, but <laughs> and, uh, but I got him back. So. No, but it was really. I still have that. So That's cool. so cool. Yeah, uh, and even though I know you started at a young age, you've said it was a while before you really knew that acting was what you wanted to do as a career. Was there a turning point, like a, a movie or a specific role, when you realized this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Well, I always say I don't really know if it is, but um, I think that's the joy of being an actor is, is the feeling and the horror is the feeling that you don't know if you'll be allowed to continue to be able to keep doing it, you know? Um, so uh, the moment I, I 
I think I knew was that when I watched my sister work when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, seeing her up on stage when she was, I think she was in South Pacific. Um, somehow I just really wanted to wear a dress and coconuts on my, you know, and I, and so I, I just, you know, I, 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 you know, I saw her and I just remember being mesmerized by, probably just because she's my older sister and she's pretty talented and so I, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that was really, I remember that was sort of the first time and then when I realized I, I want to continue to do it, I, I don't know if I have really, I, I, I just love being in the community of, I actually really love watching actors, maybe even more than I love acting myself. Like I love being across from a great actor. Mm. And um, I think maybe, I don't know if I'm, I think that's sort of a separation amongst actors. You know, generally there's the, there's those who come and want to command that space. And then there's those who come to listen. And, and I just think I'm probably more one who comes to listen. I, I just love the interaction. It's harder for me to do it alone. And, um, and I think that's the joy I find in it. Mm -hmm. there, I've had so many opportunities in my career where I'm sitting across from an actor and just want them to shine. And I get joy out of that, which is, I mean, seems selfless, but it, it really isn't. It's, I just, I'm just usually probably not as good as they are. So. <laughs> so we're probably not going to see a one-man show from you anytime soon? No, I'll, my one-man show is next week. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. Finally, I can't wait. <laughs> no one ever said I was, had to tell the truth of here. No, yeah. um, so even though you started at a young age, I keep saying that as though you're so old now, but that is not what I mean. It's yeah. just that you, you have been doing this for the better part of your life. I yes. mean, did you, who started first, you or your sister, or was it sort of a mutual? Uh, my sister, definitely. Mm -hmm. She's three years older than me, so she she started first, and then. Um, but professionally, I actually started first. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I mean, she began. She graduated college. I didn't graduate college, so I started at really first role I got a significant role. I was sixteen, and I was, uh, was the lead in this movie, October Sky, and um, she was like just. <laughs> 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 Big October, October Sky contingent yeah, over there. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Cole fan, a Cole fan over there. Um, not, you know, C-O-A-L. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I started professionally before her. Mm -hmm. Have you guys worked together since Donnie Darko? Uh, no. Why is that? Because I love her too much. <laughs> I mean, is it an active choice, sir? Uh, yeah, I think it is for us. Mm -hmm. I think we're, 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 you know, as you know, you're consumed by this job, you know, it's, it's all consuming in so many ways. And, and I think for us, we, our family and our relationship is more important than all of it. Uh, and so I think we just are more concerned with that. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, a hard time with that. So we'd rather focus on that. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Donnie Darko, which was obviously a huge breakthrough movie for you. I can't believe it's been 15 years. Whoa. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. What, uh, yeah. what, actually, we have a question about that from uh, Jennifer Ross. What, how old was How long ago was that? No. Oh. She oh. wants to know, what was your initial reaction after you read the script of Donnie Darko? Oh, wow. Uh, I was, I felt like I'd been transported. I remember I was sitting in my car. Uh, I, so... 
Richard Kelly was making that movie, uh, and he had financing for that movie, and he had the lead cast, and then the lead dropped out, and then he was desperately searching for actors. So he met with like, I guess, five or six actors, and I was one of them, and um, I had to read the script really quickly. And I remember reading it, the beginning, getting the meeting, reading it, and reading it on my way, like in the car, like oh. reading the script. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's worse than texting and driving. Yeah, I know. But I, but then I, re I remember pulling over and finishing it. But I, I, I was out. I got to the building at the meeting, and I, and I finished the script there. So I literally closed the last page about ten minutes before the meeting, and I walked up, and I, I remember just feeling transported. I remember feeling like there were these that somehow it, 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 it translated the idea of adolescence to me more than any of the movies at that time. They were making so many movies at that time about like what it was like to go through high school and like there were, I mean literally so many. I auditioned for so many of them. <laughs> and, and I read that one and I went, shit, this is what it really feels like, you know, yeah. where the world just, you just trip out and you're like, this is what adults go through, you know? or what is being an adult, what is the world, it's so unsure, and it's so unsure that you could actually run into a, a rabbit, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny that the movie with the six-foot bunny is the most realistic portrayal of high school, but it is. I don't know about realistic, <laughs> but I mean definitely relatable. Yeah. <laughs> most relatable. I never, I never found like I fit any of the characteristics of um, any of the characters I saw in those movies, and then I read that and I went, well, that seems like me. And, uh, and I just remember just feeling like there's something in, that was me. And then, I, and then I met with Richard and he was like, you wanna do it? And I was like, what? It was like the first <laughs> moment where it was like, I guess an offer, but I was like, I, I, I remember being like, you, are you what are you? He's like, I just need someone to be in this movie. I remember that. <laughs> He's like, I just don't wanna lose financing. Like, and so um, I was like, yeah, so it's amazing. And then, I, and then I finally actually read it, not in the car. And I was like, shit, this is weird. But no, um, no, I, it, was, it was a really, truly, truly, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, and it was an incredible screenplay. I mean, it had been so popular before. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, around. Did, yeah. That actor who dropped out of it, um, did you ever thank him? <laughs> he... Um, he strangely, as it always goes, like he still intimidates me to this day, even oh, really? though I'm the one who played that role. Yes, not as an actor. Maybe yes, as an actor, but just the fact that it, it had been his. Really, yes. that's so interesting. Because yes. I know your co-star in Prisoner is Hugh Grant. Has you know talked Hugh about Jackman. <laughs> it's okay. That would have been an amazing movie. But... Wow. That is a very different movie. Yes. <laughs> But e equally as interesting, in my opinion. I can't believe I just said that. Um, He'd be like, "Did you? Uh, did you? Uh, kill, did you my, where are my children?" I am good. I mean, he's sorry, um, I didn't. Uh, I'm sorry, to knock on your door, but is there um, is my child in there? I'm, uh, yeah. And then you're snakes. Snakes. You know what I mean? I don't He'd also now I'm imagining Hugh Jackman in like all, every Hugh Grant role. Yes. It's just been so amazing. I'm imagining Hugh Grant as Wolverine, so. Yeah, that would have been incredible too. <laughs> <laughs> but Hugh Jackman. This Jack is the best Q&A I've ever done. <laughs> 
because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, Hugh Jackman has talked about how he basically owes his career to being the second choice. You know, he was originally not supposed to be Wolverine, and he was originally not supposed to be in Australia. And he talks about sort of being that person to come off the bench and, you know, as hippie as it may sound, like sometimes it's just destiny. I don't know if it, yep. you know, felt that way with Donnie Darko that you felt like that role was supposed to be yours. I don't feel, I feel like you get a role and you never, I think I never really truly feel like it is mine, which is why I try to, to, to prove that to myself, you know, and to the role. That's Even when you're I, done filming it and it's been yep. released. Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't think it ever, I don't think it ends. And I think that's all we have as actors is the process, you know. I think we're mistaken when we think we have the result. I mean, I, you read the screenplay or you read the, the play, you read whatever the words are, and then you have your experience and you, you're moved by it. Hopefully you have the opportunity to do it. And if you do do it, you'll never be able to see it. Mm. You give that up. It is uh, definitely true if you're on the stage, but it is, it is really true if, you're, if it's on the screen, whatever screen it might be. You'll, I don't think you can ever watch it ever again. You can only then hope that your response to the screenplay or whatever the, the writing was is the same thing the audience will have. And that's why it's sort of trippy. It's you're sort of like, what did you think? You know, it's like this. And you can easily misunderstand a positive or negative response, which is the big lesson that I feel like I've learned is that you, you, it's, it's, it's really not about the response, it's about how you feel about it, no matter what. Is there a performance that um, maybe is the exception that you feel the most proudest of, or that you can step back and say, like, yeah, I was, I was pretty good in that? Huh. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I, I mean, I, there, there are aspects of everything that I've done. I, I'm just looking for honesty. Like, I'm, I'm looking for it everywhere. You know, I'm not always honest myself. I'm not always honest with myself. But I try to be. And I try that. I try to have that in all the interactions that I have. Um, and so for me, I look for pieces of that. You know, I, when I look at performance, or when I'm trying to figure it, I'm always, or when I'm listening to another actor, I'm always like, "What's what's up? What's happening? Where are you? Where are we? What have you planned? Like, what's your intention? Where's the action? Like, where is that? Because I have mine. You know. And so I don't know if it's a performance, but there are moments of every performance that I've given where I go like, ah, yeah, you're on, like, all right. And, well, oh, why? Come on. Like, and then it goes back, and, you know, it's like surfing a little yeah. bit. I don't surf, though, so I don't know. But I would imagine surfing is a little like that. Well, I was curious because I was actually reading about this today. It's been a little over 10 years since you did Brokeback Mountain. Jeez, you're, man, you're I know. breaking out the numbers. <laughs> you started so young, and now look at you. <laughs> Rifled age of 30. 7,000 years since the dawn of, no, uh, yeah, yeah, 10 years, a decade, yeah. And I mean, obviously, that was your first Academy Award nomination. It was obviously a hugely, hugely seminal movie. And I was just wondering if you had watched it recently. No. <laughs> no, you mean recently as in... The last couple not years. Not 10 years ago? Um, yeah. I, I, you know, there are times it is on television or I pass by it and I, I do watch some of it. There was a time I did a Q&A where they played a few clips from it and I remember realizing that the, that 
that now famous line of, you know, I, I just don't know how to quit you, is on my back. It's not even in a close-up or that's on my right. face, it's on my back. And, and I realized, like, that's the, that's the power of storytelling, you know? And, and, uh, and where people go, oh, your performance, and, and, and you go, it was on my back. Like, <laughs> people were like, you're the guy who said I just don't agree. And I'm like, how do you know? It wasn't even on my face. It was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so I think that's that paradox. It's that thing where, you know, you think it's, it's all in this moment, mm. and it's, it's not. It's the, story's, the story's the most powerful thing. That's actually called backting. Oh, really? and, well, I don't know. I made that up, but no, but no, I know. Really, but no, you Hugh really. Hugh Grant does amazing. <laughs> backing also. I, I think you mean Hugh Laurie. Oh, yes. oh no, sorry. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. No, that's true. Oh, uh, you know what? And this is not. This is name dropping. But man, but. would I like to see Hugh Grant in house? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's keep doing this. Cause I, the truth is, the last person who sat there that I was across from was Hugh Grant. Oh. And so yeah. So I. Oh, you know wow. my schedule. So. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to use that as an excuse. But that oh, was wow. actually really a ridiculous mistake on my part <clears throat> um, but it got a great Hugh Grant imitation out of you so we're gonna not, keep it not great at all but you are you you are a very busy woman and I know that about you so yeah understandable um, not as busy as you we were just talking you have like six movies coming out next year uh, six uh, I don't think that's an exaggeration few, no not six movies a number <laughs> of them a number of them yes um, not all next year <laughs> over the next couple of years yeah. um, and I'm, I really want to talk about your stage career because um, I believe you made your stage debut in Kenneth Lonergan's This Is Our Youth yeah I mean which is frankly one of the best plays ever written yeah. from one of our greatest living playwrights yeah. um, who's also having a very good year yeah um, had you always wanted to do theater, or was uh, that's really jumping in head first? Uh, yeah, I I have always considered myself. I've always considered the stage the the only place to be in a way as an actor. I I did a lot of you know throughout high school and college. I was on the stage, and then I started working in film, you know, and having the opportunity. So obviously, it was something that I was going to continue to do, but. Uh, there came a time where that play came to me, and I, I knew I knew very little about what was professionally how you work on a stage, and I just jumped in without knowing anything, which was probably the best thing to do. Um, and uh, that was an incredible experience, you know, being on the West End at 23. Um, you know, uh, I remember so many experiences, so many moments in that experience that just. I use every time I'm making a film, particularly those moments where you're like, uh, I had a number of moments where I, I, I had got really nervous about going on stage, and um, um, and I remember our stage manager at one point. There was one moment where I was like totally panicking. I didn't want to get on stage, and I remember him walking me down in between the acts downstairs, and and he was like. Um, Okay, we're gonna take step by step, you know. We're gonna, and I was like, I, I, I don't. I think you should call my understudy, you know. I don't know if I can go out there. He was like, he's like, no, step by step. Okay, and he brought me to the side of the stage, put my backpack on. My character has a backpack, being the second act. I remember it very clearly. And he's rubbing my shoulders, <laughs> and he said, "You're gonna do this," 
And I was like, oh, I'm not gonna, I can't do it. I, I remember being like, I'm not gonna do it. I, just, I, I can't get back on there. He's like, he's like, you're gonna do this and I'll tell you why. And, and I was like, whoa. Uh, and he's like, you're a stage actor. And he threw me out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And if I, if I hadn't have gone out that night, I remember very specific, I probably would never have gotten back on stage. I was wondering. Yeah. And this wasn't like opening night, this was in the middle of the no, run? No, right in the middle, yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think we think somewhere, I, I think I think somewhere that things are supposed to be a certain way, that I plan them, I'm prepared, preparation is so much to me, you know, um, and then I don't trust in always in that all that preparation will lead me, that I can let go. Mm -hmm. And I think though that's that moment where you just have to have faith, you know, and as an actor, so many elements are not going to be the way you expect them to be. And and when they're not, they are a blessing. Like every single time they are a blessing. They have been for me. And so that was one of the first moments. And there have been a number of times where I've been like, oh, geez, I don't know why, I can't, I can't, I, I, I'm just freaking out. You know, and I do it. Like you, you do it. And you, and, and it's magic. Even and, now you get freaked out or intimidated? Uh, all the time, yeah. Because <laughs> I know you just did a short run of Sunday in the Park with George, yeah. which is like one of the most intimidating roles in theater history. Yeah. And, you know, were there times when you wondered, like, why did I say yes to this? In the rehearsal process of that, I mean, that was like a very short, that's at City Center, they have those encore shows, so you, you rehearse for five days and then you perform four shows in front of 3,000 people. So it's like the most complicated show, and you have five days, and it's just a crash course, and then everyone's like, and now you're on Broadway, you know? <laughs> and you're singing and you're doing this show, and, it's, it's, and you're, it's a reading, essentially, but it's staged. So you're staged with a book. It's like the nightmare we all have. It's like the, <laughs> it literally is. I mean, I remember about going out, and I was like, this is, a, this is the actual nightmare I've had. I am living this nightmare. <laughs> it's a thousand pages long, and it's Sondheim. And I'm living it, you know? Like, and, and, uh, and yeah, so yes. I, but actually, with that show, I wasn't nervous at all. Really? Yeah, I wasn't nervous at all. I think. I think sometimes you are and sometimes you're mm -hmm. not. You've also done Little Shop of Horrors as, uh, was it also part of the Encore series? Yeah, that was part Yeah, because it was limited. Um, but more, most recently you were on Broadway in Constellations, yeah. which is a two-person show. Um, I, you know, yeah. I joked about not wanting to do a one-person show, but yeah. uh, that had to be intimidating. Um, no, no. I mean, you know, I, it's, I, I was with, working with Ruth Wilson, who's extraordinary. And, you know, it's all about connection and love, you know, <clears throat> particularly between two people on stage. I was working with Ann, um, Ann Lee Ashford when we did Sunny in the Park with George, and she's a type of actor that when you're across from her, the audience is important to her, absolutely, and the audience loves her, but she is with you, mm -hmm. and we were together. And I think the intimidation happens when you feel alone up there for me when you feel like you are a part of something and you are working together to make that happen there's usually very little fear for me um and so and the intimidation factor sure but that's why we do it i mean i'm like you know i talk about being nervous and i talk about being, you know but 
I love that intimidation. I mean, I, I love it. Like, bring it on. I mean, I, I, I love it. You know, I live for it. I live for that moment of, you know, I, I did this boxing movie and every night before I went on stage for Constellations, I would just pop my shoulders before I went on stage and Ruth and I would be looking at each other right across from each other before we'd enter. We'd always come on same spot. We'd give each other love and, and then I'd, I'd just pop my shoulders, you know, like I would, and, and I remember being like, thank God, I, I, I love this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going out into the ring and we're going to do this. And I love the intimidation. I love that terror. Are you <laughs> also, yeah, he's scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you looking to get back on stage anytime soon? No, I hate it's terrifying. No, yes. yes, absolutely, yes. Is there a dream role that you'd like to play? Um, mm, yes, but uh, you know, I would really love to do Sunday in the Park with George. Mm -hmm. I would love to play George again and for more. That's became a dream. It's uh, that role is extraordinary. So, if we have any financiers here tonight, coming to the roundabout, don't finance Broadway. No, <laughs> um, so, uh, going back to your film career, early on, you were doing a lot of independent movies like The Good Girl and Lovely and Amazing. Um, and I'm curious, were those just where you were finding the most interesting roles, or were you kind of just drawn to, you know, the independent spirit, sort of? You know, I think it is, you're just get, you're just trying to do anything you can. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think it was curated, and it's still not really that curated, which I should probably think about. But um, <laughs> I, it, it, I remember just there are certain people who were drawn to me. I mean, with the Good Girl, for instance, like Miguel Arteta came up to me when I was at Sundance when Donnie Darko was there, and he was like, "We've been trying to find you," and I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> And like, I've been calling your agents and they don't respond. And I'm like, okay, okay, bye, you know. And then, and then they were like, dude, that guy's amazing. And I was like, oh, wait, come back, you know. <laughs> um, and then I got the script and I, you know, I think I just tried to do what I could do. And, mm -hmm. But I, was, I really was more moved by darker, probably more uh, complicated characters. Um, Moonlight Mile was another one I was thinking of, and around the same time, I mean, you were dabbling in you know bigger budget movies like The Day After Tomorrow. What was was it jarring to jump into this world of like big budget and special effects, and you know having to react to a green screen coming from you know where movies are made in fifteen days? Yeah. No, I mean, I, well, that's not true. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I remember being in a scene where Roland Emmerich was like. I was like, he's like, okay, like you start, you run, and run and run, and it's like the steady cam's gonna follow you. I was like, okay, and then he's like, just run really fast, look back, and I was like, okay, we did one take, and he's like, it's all wrong, it's all wrong, and I was like, what do you mean? And he's, he's like, oh, there are four enormous wolves chasing after you, and I was like, oh, thanks, you know, like, <laughs> I just remember that so clearly, like being like, all oh, right, okay, thank you for that. In independent film, we would be like, there'd be real wolves, exactly. like I would have lost a limb. Like, um, and then everyone would have been like, oh my god, you're so committed, you lost a limb, that's so amazing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it was intimidating, and it was huge, and it, it was interesting to see, too. I, I remember talking with Dennis Quaid when I, we had a, two scenes to establish a relationship in that movie in The Day After Tomorrow. Right, he's your dad in that. Yeah. 
and I was like, yo, I have all these notes, and like, you know, I, I, I was thinking that like, you know, just the history, like maybe I would wear this thing, cause like it was our relationship, and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he was like, save for another movie, buddy. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and now, like recently, I was doing a bigger movie, and I remember actually like being like, oh, and I have an idea, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna happen here. So um, no, but uh, it was intimidating. But you can have like you know sort of big budget spectacle movies with like real heart. I mean, you just did Everest yes. last year, yeah, which was like hugely emotionally gripping. Oh, I almost just spoiled something. Um, okay, well, if you haven't seen Everest, you've had a year, but you die in that. <laughs> a number of people do. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, that is a very emotionally charged movie that also happens to have amazing special effects yeah. and, and look fantastic. I was curious, what drew you to that? That, Yeah. you know, I mean, I loved that story. I always did. I was so moved by it uh, when it was real and, um, the, the cast of actors who were involved. Crazy cast. Um, and just the idea that you could do something with really great actors and it was that size and we'd be outside and Balthazar, the director, said to all of us, you know, we were going to shoot it in a real atmosphere. We weren't going to spend that much time on stage. We were going to be up in the mountains. And an adventure like that is so fun. It's like, you know, so often you hear of people doing all that stuff on stage. And, mm -hmm. and that is what it is too. But he offered the real, or at least partially the real experience, and that was the reason why I wanted to do that film. So you were actually on a mountain in mm -hmm. the freezing cold, and, and that appealed to you. I love that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's what I would be doing when if I weren't working, too. So it's what I like, and mm -hmm. I think those challenges are really fun, and you know, I try and create those things. I remember we, we were up on the mountain, we were, all the actors in the movie were having such an great time because we we're having such an easier time of acting right because right? you're freezing right and then we went down to the down to the um stages and we were all in like these huge like puffy you know down suits and dripping in sweat having salt sprayed at our faces and like i was doing jumping jacks and and jumping rope in like like sp i had spikes on my feet and like this huge thing and i just to get out of breath you know just to make sure that I was really legitimately out of breath for the scene, and I was going like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> this sucks so much more than being up there in a freezing cold when it's super cold, and, and so, you know, I don't like, I try not to fake it as much as I can. A uh, question sort of relating to that movie from Alexa N, oh, right in the front, um, wants to know how you approach playing real life people, as you did in that film. It depends on the significance of the role in the story, and it depends on... Well, thanks for the question, by the way. Um, I mean, I just, I just played um, this guy, Jeff Bowman, who survived the Boston Marathon bombings. And, um, you know, that's a very specific story about Jeff and his journey. And, um, and they just made yeah, the movie Patriot's Day, which is like the more of the historical version of that story about what happened. And, and this is really one person. And to me, it was everything to me, you know, to know everything about Jeff and his family and not really about the event as much, though the trauma from the event is evident and very important. But who he was, I mean, I spent months and months uh, with him and then... Uh, just watching him and observing him and talking to everyone around him and reading whatever I could about the event and 
that was months and months of preparation because to me um, that's a huge responsibility as an actor you know um, it's a it's a I've never felt that type of responsibility I mean I played a I played Tony this Tony Swafford in this movie Jarhead who's a marine and is a real guy and I felt responsibility to Tony but not as much as somebody like Jeff you know in, in, and maybe just because I'm older and I think those things uh, I'm much more aware and moved by what's happening in the world probably than I was when I was in my 20s unfortunately <laughs> but uh, I think I just try and I, I, I try and give my all you know there are I can go on and on about that but um, well, you also know there's going to be a moment where the real person or their family probably sees that movie. Yes. And I don't know if they've ever, like, I don't know if, you know, how Tony felt about Jarhead. Yeah. Or um, if Jeff has seen Patriot's Day yet, because I don't know if you're, you guys are done with post-production. Well, that's not the movie. We're not, that's not the movie. Did I just that's say Patriot's movie. Day? Yes. Sorry, that stars Hugh Grant. Yes. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> I'm on a roll. He's probably horrible in that movie. But <laughs> I, but I um, you know, I think... Yes, you feel a responsibility to the people. And I, more than ever, with that role, feel a tremendous responsibility to Jeff. But I also think sometimes I took, I took huge narrative license, you know? Uh, and and have to, you have to learn how to interpret and not just um, imitate, you know? So that's very important, you know? I, 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 I I, that, that's, a, that's the struggle. I was talking, Tatiana Maslany is in the movie with me, and that was our struggle. For She plays his, Jeff's now wife, and so that was always our struggle. was like, do, well, do we do that thing? Do we look like them? Do we, how do we do that? And in essence, it's just finding that essence and that belief and that, that spirit, but that takes a long time. But I feel great responsibility, if you can't tell. <laughs> and in, when, you know, in Everest, when someone you don't get to meet them, it's something else, you know. I met his children, and um, and then you start to feel the power of what we do. You know, you start to feel the power of what you can do uh, with with the work and with your job. And and then I just like let go, and I just you know, it's just space. It's fictional. It is what it is. Let's be in the moment and exist where it is. And all the plans I had, let's throw them out. You know, I, I was saying to my brother-in-law, I was saying to Peter Sarsgaard, my brother-in-law, the other day, I was saying, oh, if I come to a scene with an actor who has all their their path to the lily pads, you know, to the other side all mapped out, I'm like, you're fucked with me, man. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know I need to get to the other side. I have no fucking idea how I'm getting there, you know? And all the planning I've had and all the, the routes I've mapped and all the thoughts I've had and check the weather and the wind and all that stuff and... You know, I have my life preserver and all. It doesn't matter when it comes down to it. It's all going to change. So <clears throat> you got to let it go. And all that responsibility I feel for the real people I've ever played, it's got to go too. The Boston Marathon movie, is it that Stronger? It's called Strong? Yes, it's called Stronger. Yeah. It's called Stronger. Okay. Yeah. See, I knew. No, I, I know, knew. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and when does that come out? I was just reading about it today. Next I think. year, next year. Oh, fantastic. Um, I want to talk about some of the directors you've worked with because it is just like a who's who, uh, you know, David Fincher, Sam Mendes, Ang Lee, obviously. Um, what is it you hope for from a director when you show up to set? 
well, hopefully you make a relationship way before that so they can do their job and you can do yours and you don't get in their hair, you know? Um, I hope just for belief in me, you know, that, that they feel confident and excited that they've cast me and that um, they know they don't have to worry about me. Um, and that one of the big things I see is how nervous a director is. Um, how much time and preparation he or she has put into the process and the expectations they have. And so often what you'll see in an experienced director is the allowance of mistake, knowing that if they've had that experience that they're going to be in the editing room and they only need this and this, that it's okay, they're going to, you know, or they're going to push you one way or the other to get what they need. And I think what I just love is someone who gives me room, you know, not physical room necessarily, but just, just this, just figuratively speaking, just space to explore. Um, they tell me what they need. Hopefully, I'll give it to them. And then hopefully, they'll give me a few more takes to fuck around and give them something better than they expected. And if not, then they got what they need, and we move on. That's funny because there's a question in here about takes. I had mentioned David Fincher, who's kind of famous for doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if people are exaggerating, but like they say, like 80 takes. Sometimes mm -hmm. is that accurate? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes. So we have a question from I think Lexi um, wants to know if you had to choose between working on a project where you got two takes only, or you had to do forty takes every time, which would you choose? Oh, whoa! I know, uh, right? <laughs> would you like rather? A perverse question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'd rather slide down a uh, slide with. Um, <laughs> What's it go with razors on it? Um, I, that is dark. No, I, uh, it's all about intention. I, I will do a thousand takes if I know why, right? Like if I, if we're on search, if we're on a search for something together, I'll go f how, however far you want me to go, you know. <clears throat> but it becomes maddening when you don't understand why. You're just doing it and doing it and doing it. So. You know, I'm not joking. I'd do a hundred thousand. I'd go till the end of time to make sure. I swear to God that that we get this thing, whatever it might be. Um, and then sometimes I feel like all you need is two. You know, but like for instance, working with David David Fincher, the thing that's amazing about David is that <clears throat> he's it's not just about performance. It's a full frame. You know, it's, it's all about the frame, and more and more as I'm in, I'm in the process of being involved in making movies myself, spending time trying to put them together, you know, sometimes the magic happens not always like right here in a close-up, sometimes it's all, most of the time actually, it's all of it. It all adds up to the performance that you're giving, which is why I, I don't always understand when we talk about separating performance from movies and stuff. I mean, they're all together. It all is together, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we all do it together. So, two, 40. Um, I, I always like more, so I'll say 40. <laughs> I prefer. Um, another great director, one of my favorites, and um, considering my track record tonight, I'm afraid I'm gonna butcher his name, but Denis, Villeneuve? Villeneuve? Yeah. Villeneuve? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to put like a little French twist on it. Yeah. To, or if I just say it really fast. You did two movies back to back with him, Enemy mm -hmm. and Prisoners. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping, is there a third collaboration on the way? Uh, yeah. We're, uh, 
we're developing a movie based on this Joe Nesbitt book called The Sun. So, you know, we're 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 doing that, and hopefully, we'll we'll make that together. We actually had a question from Mike Stern about is Mike Stern really here? Mike. Oh, there he is. Okay, sorry to call you out. Uh, I loved your performance in Prisoners. Could you share a bit of the backstory as well as your preparation for this enigmatic character? Because Detective Loki, really, we don't know anything about this guy. But he's yeah. so fascinating. He has, you know, these strange tattoos and this strange manner. And sorry, I'm hijacking your question. You go ahead. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> wait, what was the question? <laughs> Would you Sorry, rather hear me just, pontificate yeah, you're about You're so enigmatic it. yourself. I was just yes. so. Um, <clears throat> oh, could you share a bit of the backstory oh, the as backstory. well as your preparation? Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, there there wasn't a whole lot of backstory in the screenplay, and and I was I was concerned about that. In fact, the character had been written really like he was sort of a straight laced cop looking for the truth, you know, and I was just not that interested in that. Um, but I had just filmed this movie with Denis called Enemy, and it was a really abstract, really experimental film, and we had been playing around with so many things the whole time, and it was really a creative, beautiful experience. Um, no rules, uh, we would shoot something, we'd go out to dinner, we'd get drunk, and then we'd decide the scene was wrong, we'd come back, we'd shoot it again. You know, it was like, it, it, was, it was beautiful. Um, and so Denis asked me to do that role, and I said, I don't know what I can do with this role. He said, well, we know what we can do together, so how about we brainstorm? And, and I, I just, you know, I think there are two things. One, I thought, the issue with the movie was this guy in the story. I was like, if he's the guy who always is like just trying to do good, then we already know what's happening. But if we make him a mystery, and we make it po the possibility that he could be the guy who did it also. Um, wow, that's interesting to me. Mm. You know, so there's another question mark in the middle of a story full of question marks, as opposed to, you know, a period. So I started thinking about that, and I just thought of all the police officers that I know, and I did a lot of, I, I played a police officer in another film, so I know a number of detectives, and there's this guy, Mark Schlegel, who's a, uh, a cop in LA here and he's a detective and he's he's a total badass and uh, <clears throat> he's like six foot five and has tats all over his and he's tats all over his arms and up his neck and uh, he always buttons up like because he because in the department they don't want to see all the tats so I was like I just thought about Mark and I also thought about Mark's voice He's huge, you see him, you think he'd be like, hey, you know? And he's like, hey, what's up, man, it's Mark, you know? <laughs> and so I just thought about a lot of contradictions and I thought about my, my idea of, of someone and who they actually are. And I started stealing from, from mm -hmm. Mark. And, and then I just thought, um, how about this guy has a history too of, of um, there's a line in the movie like I just tried to, I was like, literally, I was. There's a line in the movie where he where he goes to see a priest, and he and he and he finds a body down in the basement of this priest, and um, and he's really upset with this priest. And I thought, what if he's upset with this priest because he's had his own history there? So all the tattoos had connections to his history and his life and um, and all the things he had been through, and. Uh, 
there are tattoos on his fingers actually and I switched them all up but Denis and I know like what they mean and you know I came armed with all this backstory and then I just then you just have a great cinematographer and then you're good mm. you know <laughs> and I mean that is the truth I mean once I explained to Denis that he was a mystery and once we knew and the, you know the physicality of him something just came I just thought it'd be really cool for him to have something that created a question mark and he had a tick and I liked that and Denis freaked out about it when I first did it for him <laughs> um, but it worked out yeah, I'm curious because uh, your co-star in that movie, Hugh Dancy. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. When you uh, when you first uh, sort of show up, like he's read the script, yeah. and you know, it might be expecting you know not what you you bring all this extra stuff to it. Was yeah. he sort of caught off guard? No, I mean, both him and I, I think feel the same way about our work and our careers. Like, you know, I'm I'm like I'm. I'm cool to be the guy you call up after you call up three other ones, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think that whole game is, is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, we have a similar approach, you know, me and Hugh, and we're also both very musical, so yeah, I showed up and I, I looked that way and I think he's just, he's full of love, that man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what to say other than that's what he, he is. He's just, a, you know, he's one of those rare actors who's so incredibly supportive of the other actors around him and he had no question of what I was doing and and was just with me and it was just massive respect and he was so loving I have no no he wasn't like what the fuck is this <laughs> um, he he just he walked in he just dove yeah. in yeah yeah uh, you did two movies also I think back-to-back -back that like were dramatic physical changes um, I think Nightcrawler was first and then Southpaw, mm -hmm. I, that's the way they were released, but yes. I never know when things yes, are yes, shot. That was the order, yes. <laughs> um, how did you go for, I, how much weight did you lose for Nightcrawler? Like 30 pounds or something like that. And then pounds. you had to put on that plus an extra like 40 pounds for Southpaw? I have no idea. <laughs> There's a lot of fascination about how much poundage mm -hmm. people gain or lose, but um, I just like, I did, I did lose a lot of weight for Nightcrawler, and then I learned how to box. So, uh, and I just went through a really, really intense, I didn't know how to box before mm -hmm. I started Southpaw. So I was pretty terrified about that. So I just started speaking of terror. And so that's terror, that's basically, it's not a diet, it's just terror. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just learned, so I just, I guess the weight, the weight got put on, but there wasn't anything like special to do it. I never even intend, you know, I don't look at, I actually weirdly don't look at myself and go like, oh, I look super like one way or the other when I, I mean, mm -hmm. in South Park, I definitely feel like I look pretty ripped in that movie, but, <laughs> um, you know, it, it wasn't like in, it wasn't, I don't actually know if I weighed a whole lot more than I, I mean, I weighed more than Nightcrawl, but a whole lot more than I did. When you were filming Nightcrawler, did people notice the physical change? Were they like concerned, or they knew it was for a role? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. I, um, they did a few times, and but a lot of times I was sort of holed up mm -hmm. in my own world and staying in my house and stuff, so I didn't really see a lot of people. But I went out once to some event, and um, people were really nice to me. It was actually really. <laughs> I'm like, oh. It was really actually, I mean, no joke, I was like, oh, people in Hollywood are really loving. Like, I, 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 I think people thought I was really sick, and I, I, it's, I know that though, but I think they did, and a number of people were like, hey, like, are you okay? And I, 
and uh, I was surprised because I think, you know, you, you, we live in this business where there's so much snarkiness mm. and, you know, so much competition and, and there is a lot of love. Yeah. And there is a lot of support and um, it's easy to lose track of, mm -hmm. particularly in this city. And I don't live here, but I grew up here and I grew up in this business and I see that and I constantly have to remind myself how, how much um, support there is, you know, and, and, but anyway, so yeah, I, people were like, whoa, you're, <laughs> you lost a lot of weight. I remember for Nightcrawler, you had, it's one of my favorite screenplays of all time, yes. frankly. It's, it's an amazing movie, and uh, Dan Gilroy wrote like these, you know, Shakespearean monologues yeah. almost, and I know you had to memorize them, and like a year later, you could still recite them. Yeah. Do you still know them? I love how people are amazed by that. It's like, I mean, <laughs> like we're actors, man. Like, you have to memorize your lines, and they stay. Like, think about people in, it, you know, it's British actors generally when they, you know, they are educated and they can go, they, you know, like Chiwetel Ejiofor apparently can like do all of Othello, like he can do it for you and, and, you know, so that should be mandatory for actors. You know, the fact that we can, we memorize our lines and remember them and can say them a few years later should be just the tip of the iceberg of what is necessary to be an actor. And today, like, yeah, thanks. I agree. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> So like it's I, the October sky. Person, I mean, it's I the craft. It's craft. It's 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 the be It's the beautiful thing about what we do. It's like, it's everything. It's all you have. You can have as many jobs or no jobs, but that's what you have always. And it's pissing me off, man. How craft is dying everywhere as a result of so many things. Not just in this craft, but so so many places around the world. But that is what we live for. Sorry. Um, it's gonna get me kind of emotional, but I'm a little tired. But that is it. And so, yeah, I can say those lines. Those are beautiful lines. They deserve to be remembered. They deserve to be said by other people. I often say that, like, Nightcrawler should be a role that other people play because Dan Gilroy wrote such a beautiful screenplay. Mm -hmm. It should be a play. You should have the opportunity to play that role because those words are incredible. And not just me, but any of you or anyone should be able to pick it up and do it. And uh, I don't believe it's just mine when the words are that good, you know. I do remember, sir, excuse me, sir. And yeah. then I kind of forget the rest of it. <laughs> 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 but maybe you can fill it in. Yeah, no, I don't remember it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, it, but I hear it's great. I mean, I hear it's really good. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I could do it now, those words, man. I mean, uh, you want me to do it? Is that what you're asking kind me of. to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, so, I'm like so not an actor in this way, you know? Or someone's like, oh, Perform for us. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not that at all. Can we get that. a light? Like, that's why I love Annie Hathaway, because Annie Hathaway would just be like, oh, you want me to sing? Like, I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. Like, I cower, I cower. Like, um, I think it's like, um, uh, excuse me, sir, I'm looking for a job. In fact, I made up my mind to find a career that I can learn and grow into. Who am I? I'm a hard worker. I set high goals and I'm told that I'm persistent. Oh, I'm not fooling myself, sir. Having been raised in the self, oh, something like that. Oh. Having been raised in the, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Having <laughs> been raised in the self-esteem movement so popular in schools, I, uh, oh, I'm so rusty. 
I was so better at it, so much better at it. Uh, Just that is amazing. Well, I, I know that. Oh, give me a second. I'll do it at the end. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I think it's important at the time to really know your life. Um, you can be forgiven. It's been about three years. Yeah, no, but I mean, there are those things that I think you, that you retain that stay with you and given enough, a little bit of, of, of practice, like they come back. And I think that is, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Like they, 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 they comfort me, those, those words. Um, and I can't remember them. <laughs> you remembered way more than I would have expected. I, 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 me too. I was saying them and I was like, whoa, the unconscious <laughs> is so powerful. It just like digs it up and you're like, whoa, what am I? Um, uh, I you're going to him. I'm a hard worker. I set high goals and I'm told 9% and I'm not fooling myself, sir. I haven't been raised in the self-esteem movement so popular in schools. I know that. Can somebody help me? No. Uh, <laughs> Google it. Um, uh, so it seems a popular school. I am, Oh, I'm tired. I can't do it right now. <laughs> no, that was impressive, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, we're almost out of time, so I want to, of course, talk about. I'm trying to remember the. No, I said okay. I'm trying to remember the lines. <laughs> oh no, no, I put you on the spot. Um, we have a question about uh, from Sahar. Uh, wants to know you did such an amazing job in Nocturnal Animals. It was so intense. Yes. I'm curious if it, if it affected you even after shooting was finished. Oh man, I'm tired of that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm tired of, uh, yeah, every role does, you know? I just feel like it's become a thing now where actors are like, man, I've just been so affected by that role. Yeah, every role affects me, you know? Every role is in me, it will always be in me. Every experience we have in life is always with us. So, yeah. and. Um, you know, I've chose some pretty dark things to do and some pretty, sometimes some pretty crazy things to mine. And um, it's not necessarily the role, but the experience that I've had in preparation for them that has changed me and has affected me. And I probably will never be the same as a result of some of the preparation that I've done. But in terms of some of like nocturnal animals, yeah, like that was just rough. You know, you're in a mindset for a long time of being just put upon with no power. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like that at all. And I chose to do the movie because I didn't like that. You know, um, I knew what I was getting myself into. But um, again, that is why you have craft and you go home and you put it aside. And I've learned to do that more and more through experience, you know. But uh, uh, it, it doesn't take as long to get it out of you. But that one was that one was cold, you know. Like if I think about that story and I think about that character and I think about that world, I feel cold, you know. There's a coldness I felt throughout the whole thing, just alone, you know. And um, it's still with me. Yeah. It's so interesting because I know Michael Shannon said when he read the script, he was like, "Ooh, I don't think I want to do this." Yeah. And that's exactly why I should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. was it similar for you? Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I think I love this script. You know, I'm a sucker. Like, when it's that good, it, you know, and they're like, oh, you're going to go and 
be immersed in the darkness for months. So I'm like, okay, it's such a good story. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little less now, you know, but I think I'll always do that. When it's that good, and I just read that, and I was like, this shit is so good. Like, the writing was so good, you know? I mean, that was another screenplay. Like, I, I was turning the pages, and I was like, I feel... <laughs> I probably maybe what people felt when they watched the movie and left it, but like I just was like turning pages and the pages were like this weird pink color. Like it was pink and like not like a red colored script that is like confidential, but like yeah. pink. And it was like weirdly old, like looked old. The font had been cut. I don't know. And I just felt like. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, yeah, the whole experience of reading that screenplay was so weird. But, but it really shook me up. Yeah. And, um, I just, I had to do it. And I talked to Tom like a few hours later and he, and he was like, hello. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, your script's amazing. He's like, thank you so much. You know, like I just imagined him like just spraying perfume. <laughs> and it just was like totally incongruous with what the script was. You know what I mean? I was just like, the script was just like brutal as fuck and like, like really moved me so much and he, he was like sitting in his pristine home probably yes. in London or Los Angeles just like tch, tch. thank you, you know? sure like, I was like, did your fingers touch the keys while you were like how did you do it like did you just have like a million beautiful models like stamping on like keys to type you were like and then he walks across and they were like I don't know I was like I had all these I just didn't know uh, no he did it and he's actually a really down to earth <laughs> dude but I was that's what I pictured at first and we should specify Tom Ford because I learned today there's a lot of Toms out there yes yeah, so he gave her flowers today and she thought it was someone else and it was from Tom Ford Tom Ford sent her flowers the, these are serious yeah. champagne problems they had a really nice date last night guys. <laughs> <laughs> it went really well that's why she can't remember anything <laughs> say because we have this lovely sign language interpreter over yes, here yes. when the, the her expression when she was just imitating you now yeah, she can't remember everything <laughs> like, I know the fucking lines. <laughs> she was probably trying to keep up. You were doing it so fast. Yeah. She's like, ugh, actors. I don't even know how to sign. What is what the is sign actors? for actors? I can't do actors? That's way too complicated. A this is actors? Actors. Actors. Yeah. It's very performance. Yeah. <laughs> I think signing is the most beautiful it's language. It's gorgeous. It's like um, choreography. Um, so uh, on a very different note, we from signed in constellations. Actually, that's right. Yeah, you we did. have one, one one scene where we signed to each other. Yeah, and it is beautiful. It's, it's yeah. an art form. Yeah. Um, so on the opposite end of the spectrum, from uh, you know really serious dark roles, this is a question I love from Taylor Blackwell. Uh, it was so <laughs> fun to see you on Inside Amy Schumer. <laughs> How did that come about, and will we see you on TV again in the future? Um, well, I, 
I've been a really big fan of ferrets for a really long time. <laughs> and so, like, uh, I, like, ran into Amy with one of my ferrets, and she was like, and then I got the script, like, a couple months later. It was like, no, I, yeah, that was just, uh. I love your yeah, house in that it. episode, too. I don't know, what was that yeah. house? I got, like, a call two days before and from Amy, and then she was like, we do it, and I was, I was like, yeah. And then I got the script, and I was like, why did I say yeah? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and, uh. And then I showed up and we did it in like 15 minutes and I like am so allergic to ferrets. You're kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like they were all, but I was committed. Because <laughs> so. they were all yeah. over you. you yeah, like, was they that were one all, over, all over your yeah. face. They were yeah. all over my face. Yeah, they were, they were everywhere. They were really everywhere. But they, but they're a beautiful animal. Mm -hmm. So yes, I would love to, I would love to do more work like that is that the question? Uh, more oh. TV. Even. Oh, more TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sure. That, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it depends on what it is. As long as it's with people who I respect, if it can be that, you know, absolutely. You know, it actually kind of looked like your house in Southpaw. A it little did, bit. Actually. It was yeah, like it did. Yeah, like really ornate. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. Um. Yeah. They were so. <laughs> yeah. That was a funny day. That was a wonderful day. It was like. It was really nice to be amongst in a, in a in an environment where, you know, I think when you're making a movie and you're improv you're improving, you know, I think it's it's not necessarily conducive to movie making all the time. I think people get freaked out unless it's like on something like South Park, we did a lot of improvisation, and so it was something we were used to throughout the movie. Um, and if you're the lead in the the movie and you're and you're improving a lot, then I think it makes sense. But to go on a show like that where there's a lot of that all the time is so freeing, particularly if that's what you enjoy, you know, so it was so nice to be there. It was just so lax. It was like, you can make things so brilliantly for so, in, in, a, in a less, you know, we were in this fancy place, but we were, had like, there were like three cameras and they were, you know, a few little crew and yeah. it was great fun. Would you like to do more comedy? Because I've always said you're, you were one of the best hosts ever on Saturday Night Live, and I would love to see you do that more comedy. That is not true at all. Although Nightcrawler is very funny, too. Actually, not Demolition is funny, too. Really? Not I think so. <laughs> like, people's reaction to him when he's just like... Not, I guess it's sort of funny, yeah. Okay, I clearly need therapy. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, no. And you I, know what's a hoot? It's prisoners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. Like, if you play it backwards... <laughs> It's the fucking funniest thing. Because <laughs> um, the, the kids just like appear. Anyway. I'm not that funny. So, uh, yeah, I would love to. I mean, but I think there are people who are better at that. So, we'll leave it to them. So, with the six movies you have coming out, are any of them comedies or? Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing Paul Dano's directing debut? Yep. And um, I know you have this movie with Ryan Reynolds that sounds fascinating. Yeah, a movie called Life, yeah. Uh, what am I missing? A movie called Okja. It's, uh, Bong oh, that's... Joon Ho. Mm, yeah. The guy who did Snowpiercer. Yeah. 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 And uh, Stronger. Yeah. Str Stronger, right. Which I will remember the title of now. Yeah, no, been... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so those. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next. It's always fascinating. And everyone, Nocturnal Animals is on screens right now. Uh, go see it again. Um, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the SAG After Foundation's Conversations podcast. If you appreciated what you heard, please support us with a review or donation and reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SAG After Found. We'd love to hear from you.